episode 12, ASI247.org is the website. Keywords, addiction, recovery, self-help, spirituality, alternative health. My name is Russ Shaw. Today, I'll be talking about the self. ASI247.org Self-image matters, alright? We are, I was, I'll just tell my story a little bit. I was born in this flesh bag going, alright, if I'm created by a kind and loving God, then why do I have these weaknesses and these strengths over here? Why do I have these parents that I was born? Why do I have this job? Why do I marry this person? Am I, is my whole purpose in being that I would have a job and crank out kids? I mean, what am I here for? These kinds of questions. Why was I born in this place? You know, I got questions, okay? Ah, ah, let it go to waste and take it all. I got leaving this place and I another bumper by thousand foot crutch Christian artists in a rock and roll band right there I don't know if I'd call that just Christian music but uh, anyway um, I'm a realistic optimist all right I just want to put that out there as uh, part of what I I am all right I'm not mr. positive all right some of this positive thinking kind of self-esteem movement of, of the self-help crowd is like it's superficial frosting over the cake of narcissism you know I mean seriously I could positive think myself into a uh, my own little world my own little castle where I'm the king and everyone else is wrong because it's all about me and my positive attitude towards what I want to do you know? No, that's horrible. I've been there, dude. I've been there. It's, uh, trust me. Um, if you follow this kind of positive thinking thing out to its rational conclusion, a lot of folks, you know, success-oriented, positive thinking types will end up in this place where you're either for me or you're against me. 
very a, a very real voice that addicts believe. You know, There's a lot of uh, people that talk about that that the addiction. You know, the whole world is against me. That's a lie I believed. If everybody saw me, if anybody knew me, if anybody knew the real roots of my heart and my fears and my right my stuff, they would reject me. They wouldn't love me because the whole world is out to get me. It's just not true. I've learned that, you know, a lot of people experience emotional abuse, right? It's one of those stressors, you know, and it's something that if it happens in childhood, it can be brought into your adult life, you know, and it starts to shape your identity. Something I've learned is that you know, we, we believe lies. I mean, that's a big part of this. We are told things about ourselves and we start to, um, well, that's just true about me, right? We, we think that. Like, we all have these kind of IMA attitudes about ourselves. And, well, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Is that true? You know, uh, some of this is healing. And some of those wounds that we don't see because they're not like scabby wounds that you would get from sticks and stones, right? You get smacked with a stick, it's going to leave a bruise, it's going to cut you open. Um, Heart-level wounds don't heal like that, you know? And some of them can just sit and fester for years. But really, what it is, what healing this stuff is, is realizing your identity, realizing that, you know, in your heart, who you are, again, you know, you're loved. You are a created being by a loving God who, yes, is brought into some dark, jacked up situations, but you get to to shine that love that he put in you through those situations. And one of the biggest ways that you can light up this dark world is to A, stop believing lies. B, not be a narcissist and just, you know, think you're great or all that or this kind of self-help, frosting, gooey, oh, well, I'm just a good person and I need to believe positive thoughts about myself. No, you need to be real and you need to be honest and maybe even go into to situations where you help other people and you talk about your story and how you believed lies and how, you know, you're waking up and how maybe Jesus has helped you and, and, and right? You get outside yourself. You stop believing this negative voice of depression and this anger towards yourself that maybe has fermented into a kind of bitterness I mean, that's what depression is. Depression is anger that's fermented into bitterness and then is turned on the self. All right? The cross of Christ, again, is proof. It's proof. It's a big flashing sign in human history that you are forgiven and you can live a new life. And that's true.
listen, I'm not saying that negative thinking or rational thinking is more reasonable or better than positive thinking, right? Like negative thinking isn't good at all. Okay, uh, I think we need to be realistic, but not negative. Because you can get into a habit of habitual negative thought that can just bring up the the demon voice of depression. You know, what does depression say? You're worthless. You know, don't don't get out of bed. You no, you stay in bed. You're disgusting. You have no life. You're all alone. These are the voices of depression that that kind of negative, terminal negative thinking just leads to, you know. Um, people talk about in, in Philippians, you know, the Philippians 4, 8, you know, this is the positive thinking verse that's in the Bible. Um, yeah, it is. I just want you to measure that against who Paul is talking about. The whole book of Philippians, it's only four chapters long. It's a really short book. If you want to read it, I encourage you to do that. It's an awesome little book. Our pastor did a sermon series on the book of Philippians, and they called it A Rebel's Guide to Joy. Okay, There is a good kind of rebellion, right? There's a good kind of foolishness, and there are people in this world that would say that I'm foolish for feeling joy in the midst of what I'm going through, right? Like I could lose my job at any moment right now with this whole legal thing that I'm going through right now. But do I still have joy? Heck yeah, I do. Am I happy? Yes. I'm given more, right? I have more than I deserve. Um, I'm not all bummed out wallowing in woe is me-ism like I used to in the past. You know, or anxiety ridden just trying to keep plates spinning so it would look like I'm all pretty and important and I got things together when in my heart I don't. Okay. This is this is joy, right? This is joy filled thinking, not just superficial positive thinking. Um Philippians four eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Um, I want to exude a kind of real joy that's birthed out of faith you know, like the Apostle Paul at the end of that, that verse 9, right? That people can, especially my family, can look at Dad and go, well, Dad's got something different going on. Uh, maybe I want to follow that. Maybe I want to know this Jesus a little more because Dad's got a kind of, right, a being about him, a kind of joy about him that, that is catchy. I want to know about that, you know, or... Just other people. I, I want to to be that, pointing to Jesus and thanking Him and having a rebellious compared to this world definition of joy, and happiness, and peace. That kicks out like a soccer ball the voices of anxiety and depression. The Apostle Paul was was an awesome cat, right? I mean, he was writing this this letter in prison 
singing hymns in prison, converting to guards in prison, you know, he did in his life. I mean, this is this guy's attitude and this guy's faith were catchy. I mean, I, I just pray that. I've been praying that a lot recently. Like, make me, Lord, make give me a faith that is catchy, that people want to catch, that people want to be around and catch. Like, my family would want to catch my passion for Jesus. All right? Because I've judged a lot of people that try and be catchy, and they're just annoying. Right? Or they just come off as religious freaks. I don't want to be that. I want to be someone with the right kind of attitude, filled with joy, and exuding a catchy kind of faith in, in Christ because I love him so much and because that is what he has done for me, has given me joy beyond circumstances, you know? And yeah, I still get bummed out. I still have these seasons or moments of of pain and hurt, but it's nothing like it used to be, man. I ain't reaching for a crack pipe or a, a bottle or, right? It, it's different now. It's different now. It's not perfect. I'm not Mr. Joy, happy, go lucky all the time. No, but I am a lot better than I was. And I am realistic about where I'm at in my weaknesses and, and where I still struggle in my attitudes, all right? So here's something from the YouTube channel that I wanted to share with you because I recorded it at a time when I felt this I'm a attitude kind of falling off, like dead leaves off a tree, right? Um, and, and I wanted to talk about it, so I, I started to... Right, I, I made a little video, and it's on the uh, the YouTube coaching page from the website asi247.org. If you want to check that out. Again, Rush Shaw, blue sky, blue sky here in Seattle, Washington area. And another dash cam session thing. How you doing? It's a beautiful day today. Figured I'd uh, throw up another one of these here uh, chatting at you kind of things. Uh, how you doing? Weather's fine here. Weather's good. It's a good day. Been going through some pressure. Been growing through some trial. Uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks. I uh, had some legal issues in my business. Uh, I'm a pizza guy, pizza catering guy. I'm like a sales rep, big company, well, not really a big company, but uh, franchise corporation type of company. I do sales for them, and it's my, right, I'm self-employed. But, right, and there's this whole weird thing between me and my commissary, the, uh, the state's calling it, or the government's calling it, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's been a real trying season. So, I've noticed some, some things about myself, you know, it seems like you really grow in, in times of trouble, doesn't it? Like, you learn stuff about yourself, you, you, you react, usually, and I've been talking about on the podcast how stress usually is the, the thing that rises up and then we react with 
whatever we're addicted to, right? Not that stress is a trigger. Stress, yeah, can be a trigger, but really, stress is the gun, right? Like, the reason we react in, 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 as addicts, running back to our functional savior, is because of stress most of the time. And in this certain trial, I also noticed something about myself. Like, I'm, I'm prone to say I'm a, a lot, right? Well, I'm a this, and I'm a that, and I do this, and this is who, who I am. Just this is who I am. Don't, don't, come, don't come down on me, dude, right? I'm tempted to react like that. I used to react like that a lot as a younger man. Growing out of some of that is, is part of this, right? We grow over time. It's, it's part of the maturing process. And if you're unwilling to mature and grow, stresses in life, as you get older, you have a really a harder time dealing with them. So I am not the most organized person in the world. So part of me um, dealing with this matter that I'm going through with the county, King County, which is uh, Seattle, the city of Seattle is in King County. It's the largest county population-wise in the state. And there's just a lot of bureaucracy, all right? So I got to do a bunch of paperwork. I got to file a bunch of paperwork. I have to have records on what I do, um, very meticulous records. I didn't make anybody sick or anything, just in case you're wondering. Uh, no, it's my competition, right? A lot, my competition doesn't like that I have freedoms that they don't have, right? I kind of fall under this, I'm the pizza delivery guy kind of thing. And no, that's not really what I do. I'm not a lunch truck. Um, I'm not a mobile food unit, I'm more of a caterer. So I've had to keep really meticulous records and it's difficult, man. It, it's trying for me, it's difficult for me to, to be that organized. But I've also learned that this is a blessing in disguise. Like I've had to become more organized and in that way I've been able to serve my customers a little better. Right? To be able to bring them what they want, to be able to get outside myself and my kind of, you know, reacting with this, well, I'm a attitude and say, well, you know, what if I can grow in this area, grow in being more mature organizationally? I've become a little more outside myself through this process. Um, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me on that? I'm, uh, I'm less of a hoarder because this I'm a attitude, right? This is just me kind of attitude. It's kind of a hoarding attitude. It's hoarding unto myself. Well, this is just who I am, so why should I change or try and change it, you know, or just become a quitter and just quit on it. Like I remember coming into the office and the guy that owns the, the franchise I work for, he's like, you know, I'm just telling him all this horrible stuff that's happening with the, the county. And he's like, so you're going to quit? Is that what you're gonna do, Russ? You're gonna quit? I'm like, no, dude. I quit. What? No. You know, you gotta pull the chest hair up on me a little bit as a man. But uh, yeah, when you can grow through your self-proclaimed "I'm a" kind of identity, it's a pretty cool defining moment. And if you stick with it and you grow through it, and this is just 
totally reminds me of going through recovery and, and being six years clean now from from the most devastating of my addictions. Uh, it's just really a familiar place. It's a cool place too. So just wanted to communicate that to you. Later. Yes, that's from the YouTube sessions on the website asi247.org you can click on uh, yes YouTube coaching videos right these are not uh, like online counseling or coaching by the way you do need someone face to face to talk to about this alright that's not to replace any of that so just to throw in that out there because that's true man I totally believe that um, but those are up there to supplement right your recovery or whatever whatever you're going through um, I'm a Right? What kind of voices in your head or voices from your past or tapes replaying from your history are telling you, I'm a, okay? That's what I want you to kind of think about this week and pray out and maybe journal out who, who gives you your I'm a, right? Who has shaped your self-image over the years? And if you does it make sense that if you keep believing the same voices and the same historical tapes playing over in your head and you keep adhering to the same attitude, does it make sense that your life will continue to be the same, right? You can't expect different results with the same heart-level attitude about your own self-image, man. That's just true. My question, that's a question for you because I care about you, right? I love you. I want to see you live a full, right, robust and life, right? From Psalm 139, starting in verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. All right? Formed my inward parts, right? That's not just your guts, all right. It's not just your genitals. It's your talents, your abilities, your soul. All right. A person is a soul with a body. Anyways, uh, verse 14. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Um, I just want to step in here real quick and say that self-image matters, all right? We are, I was, if, I'll just tell my story a little bit. I was born in this flesh bag going, all right, I'm created by a kind, loving God. Here I am. I'm a mess. What, what up, all right? I got questions. So, um, yeah, you know, self-defining that. Man, that's really important. It's critically important. My frame was not hidden from you, verse 15. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. I mean, this is stuff that goes to the beginning of time. Like God predestined and knew you before this this earth was had life on it all right when he just built this thing when the when the foundations of creation were founded god had you on his mind all right the the fact that god created time and space 
I mean, this, this, this idea in some religions that God is somehow, um, right, shackled to time. No. God created time. It's part of his creation. You look at the book of Revelation. It's the book of uh, Genesis. It's over and over again. I, I get passionate about this stuff because it's true. Jumping ahead to, to verse 23. Um, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. All right, this is David, you know, inviting God into his inner life, right? Verse 24, and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, that is a, that is a prayer that I've prayed more than once. Like, I don't know everything, all right? I don't got all the answers, but if I keep running to God instead of from Him, if I keep seeking Him, if I keep reaching for right understanding and, and asking Him to, to, to right find my heart and, and clean my heart and, and point out what needs to change and, and lead me, right? Lead me in the way of everlasting. There is a God. I'm not Him. And that's the good news, because <laughs> he's good, he's loving, and we can trust him, all right? One of my favorite chapters of the Bible is John 15. The last show, I talked about the, you know, the clay, that we're the clay, and God is the potter, and we're on the potter's wheel. This show, I want to end with a an attitude that I, I keep returning back to, and that's this John 15, that we are like a, a plant, like a tree, right? Like a fruit tree that's being pruned. <laughs> and this pruning can be painful. John 15, 1, I love, it's like, uh, Jesus is the real fruit, all right? Th this is a big, you know, like our pastor talks about, this is the big E on the I chart that most religious people miss. They think it's about more checklists or rules or behavior modification when it's really a spiritual sense of worship, of gratitude towards God the Father that we get to be in front of God in human flesh, God who came into time and space to rescue us, to be our Savior. Jesus is the point. Jesus is the prize. Jesus is the head pastor of the church. Um, we are being pruned, right? And this metaphor that Jesus is making in John 15 totally reminds me of that song that I started the show with. And people will think, well, that's a negative song, Russ. All right. Everything I touch falls apart when I walk away from you. That's part of the lyric, right? It's returning to him. It's bringing ourselves to our knees at the foot of the cross, realizing that we're not perfect, that we need a savior, a savior that's not sex, a savior that's not drugs and booze and all the shopping and gambling or whatever we pour ourselves into, right? That Jesus is the real savior. He really is the, the vine, right? The vine dresser. He is the trunk and we're the branches. Uh, these, it's just so true. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It's returning back to him who adjusts our attitudes, who when we bring those attitudes and those hurts and those pains to the foot of the cross, right, they can be pruned. 
because we keep returning back to him. It's returning back to him instead of running away from him. When I walk away from you, everything I touch turns to pieces. And that's true. I'm going to leave the show right there. Uh, leave you with another bumper by Affliction Asylum. I love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Uh, pray for me. I'll be praying for you guys. Bye. Yeah, there is a gun. Can't save.